the great aka king of the hustle and i am nicole umbers aka young old cliff hey and that's another episode of crown jewels podcast you dig me hey. in this thing man what's up though hey what's how your on? week been man this been a busy week busy weekend man but so i ain't gonna complain i feel you i can't really recall my week man straight up man like, i got a lot of birthday shout outs uh 28 well really going back to the 25th shout out to my foster father he turned 70 on the twenty fifth. Shout out! Shout out! What's it's up, a blessing. Pop? Um, shout out to Taylor Dismuke. She was on the twenty eighth. She really is a leap year baby, the twenty ninth. So she like four years old. <laughs> so <laughs> <Does> everybody <laughs> say that. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, That's all she good. is. Happy birthday with your child. She show. is. You know what I'm um, shout out to uh, Chase. Ed Lee, hey. his birthday is today, and so is my girl Tashana's. So happy birthday to y'all, which is, today is Sunday, March 3rd. We record on Sundays, y'all, caveat. But um, happy birthday to all of them. So it's I been a beautiful week. Oh, I left out my baby girl, my great niece, Reagan. She turned one yesterday. So I got to chill with all my yeah, my family, yeah, yeah. my babies, my Beyonce's. Okay. But yeah. All them Pisces in the building, mm. I feel you. Because there's a lot of them in my family. <laughs> Pisces and Libras, ugh. Man, Ugh. you know what I'm saying? You know, they was the ones that they waited a bit. They couldn't be as great as Aquariuses, but you know, I, yeah, I still rock with you. The fuck? <laughs> Gemini in the building. <laughs> but man, I, I can't even do this no further, man, without introducing our special guest, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody who's so important to the culture of Dallas, man. Man, Just, y'all flatter me so you know much. So important to media. Uh, content, all of that, man. I feel like I have to do this, but like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, man, I, I feel like we in in the presence of someone great. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So let me shout out my guy, Jay Wheel. Yes, yes, yes. Aries in the building. Since y'all shouting out <laughs> the signs in here, you can pipe that shit down. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey. What I know about Aries? Let me let me Google real. Yeah, quick. Google it because there's a lot of greatness. Let me go through my phone and make sure. <laughs> We are very determined young people. So. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll give you a, I'll give you an excuse. Like you're an exception to the rule. Oh, I appreciate that. You're welcome. <laughs> so, man, we, my guy Jay Will, man, is so important to the culture, man. Like, well, tell me about me. Going all the way back to live from the underground. Oh, you did your research. Okay. A little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, I peeked in a little bit. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't gonna go too deep, but I'm gonna just touch on a couple of things. Matters of the heart. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cosign. You yes. know what I'm saying? And, and and you can't even talk about this, man, without talking about one of the greatest podcasts in Dallas. Don't take In the personal. world, not just Dallas. But thank <laughs> you very no, much. <laughs> but I can't say. So I have this I have this thing where I say D-Tip. Have you listened to D-Tip podcast? And, 
and freaky girls be like, D tip. <laughs> they talk about sex. No, don't take it personal. It's abbreviation. <laughs> like No, you actually uh you actually do I feel like you pub our show more than we do. So I mm-hmm. you actually pay attention to it and listen to it. So I, I, sh- I really appreciate that. I thank have, you. Yeah, thank you. No, but it, it's big facts. Like I met Jay Will a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, for the first and, time. Yeah, yeah. And so of course me, I'm 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 researching. I'm like, all right, I'm like, let me get to the bottom of this. Cause you know, you, you you just meet a lot of people around Dallas, and you be like, oh, okay, this, you know. But, <laughs> so I, I did my research, man. I, I set up. Um, I listened to several episodes of Don't Take a Person. Which man. one was your favorite? Man, um, probably the one with DJ uh, Elusive on it. Okay, yeah, now nah, that was a really that's real a recent, good. but yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good. But, one. but the level of, of of guests that you have on the show, I, when I heard the Andrew Schultz episode, I'm like, ah, damn, I'm like this. You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Brilliant Idiots. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, Okay, I'm like, they really. Digging over there. Yeah, man. He, that was one of my, I mean, the, probably my top five favorite episodes is that one for sure. Probably mm-hmm. my number one. And it's yeah. what's cool about that is uh, every time he comes to Dallas, he hits me up and we'll, we'll hang like the whole weekend. Well, so tell I him, see him that I have a crush <laughs> on his tall, skinny, big nose ass. <laughs> and, um, I'm sure he would love to answer it. Okay, cool. <laughs> he but welcomes yeah. all smoke. So okay, go ahead. yeah. I got the smoke for him. Just tell him, young old Cliff said that. <laughs> And shout out to uh, my boy Hollywood Cass. Pizza Man sure. Cass is what I call him. Pizza Man Cass. <laughs> when y'all entered, when y'all were interviewing Lauren Mack. All uh, oh, right, right, right. You did L, say that. L Mack. Um, yeah, I, I laughed at that shit. Like the things that you dream about doing when you're a yeah. kid. Like it's amazing that you wanted to be a pizza man. Like that shit was funny. <laughs> to me. And I got it. Like I sat there and I said, "Oh man, he's so for real." And I get it. Like nah, for <laughs> real. real shit. For, for for people who are listening, if you do listen to our show, I let it be known every time. Cass is definitely the heart and soul of the show. I'm the I'm the coach. He's the star player for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, I know. Uh, that made me think about when he said he wanted to be a pizza man. Like I used to want to be like a hype man. Like I thought I was a female Waka Flocka for a long Jeez. ass time. <laughs> I you, did. Well, you got the height. Yeah, <laughs> that was a shot. But I got that's you a compliment. <laughs> what you mean? Thank you. That's a compliment. I like to all women. Thank you. So, man, what, you know what my IG is? DM me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that shot was shot right there. <laughs> but man, also I spent my whole morning watching Matters of the Heart, dog. <sighs> man, hey. <laughs> so I'm a, like low key, man. I'm I'm a web series type of person. The grittier, the most uncut, the raw, my favorite. So okay. You, so where do you where do you rank uh, Matters of the Heart then? Matters of the Heart, uh, it, that's gonna be one of my favorites. I actually want to talk to you. I, can I get in season two? Where's season two at, man? Okay, so I'm gonna give you the tea. A lot of people don't know this, uh, but I rock with y'all. So. Uh, uh, and I actually do listen to the podcast too. So appreciate you. Uh, appreciate well, he does. He gets some real ass feedback. Yeah, so no, I, I, li- I met you for the first time the other week, but I actually do listen to y'all. So um, we were in the middle of filming season two, and to okay. be honest, um, when I first started writing my own projects, I never considered myself a writer. I just did it out of necessity. Um, but I can honestly say that season two script, The Matters of the Heart, was one of the best things I've ever written. Yeah, I was very proud of it. I was really excited about what was happening. But a lot of things, I'm not going to go too far into detail, but a lot of things, because I don't want to put people on blast. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things kept going wrong in the process of filming. Uh, certain people had to be let go. Yeah. yeah. Um, certain people weren't um, as dedicated as they once were. Um, some people weren't dedicated at all. Yeah. Some people kind of got scared of the spotlight being on them. And some people just quit. Like, it just, <laughs> you know, and there's only so long 
before you realize God is telling you something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I yeah. would call matters of the heart, in my opinion, man. That's the it's the male perspective of insecure. Oh yeah, I definitely like it was the, the emotion in it was raw, and I'm like I'm like I'm sitting in the bed talking to my girl, and I got the I got the uh, headphones on, and I'm like look, I'm like see he said this, that's real shit, yeah, that's real shit. Well, I'm here's like, here's what happened. The story was based on a true story. I actually had a girl walk out on me one day that I was with for five years. Yeah, and um, I took it very hard. Um, and so I was just speaking from the heart. Now I will be honest. The first draft of the script was very angry, uh-huh. <laughs> but I revised it and made it a little bit more the like therapy. Yeah, I mean. you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, but honestly, another thing that kind of maybe I guess added to season two not happening is I'm over that now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, season one was therapeutic for me. I needed to get that out. Yeah. Um, I've moved forward in my life uh, past that. that situation, and I kind of didn't want to harp on it anymore. Yeah, I feel that. I feel it. I, but I'm glad you liked it, man. Man, I'm fans. Because I can every time I watch it, I think of the things I could have did better. So yeah, that, <laughs> that shit was accurate as far as like the male emotion. It was funny as hell. Like the characters was on point. Like it's a that's a dope concept, bro. Like, I appreciate absolutely. that, man. Thank our you. listeners that are new to Jay Wheel, where can they find it at? Uh, it's on YouTube. Just type in Matters of the Heart web series and it should pop up. We just crossed 100,000 views total, all five episodes. So hey. that's pretty cool. I mean, some people can't get 50 views on their stuff. So yeah. people actually paying attention and liking it, I really appreciate that. Yeah, real sure. Yeah, go check that out, y'all. I'm telling you, you will not be disappointed. So with that, uh, also, um, live from the underground, I heard you speak about that before. What made you get into that era, in that arena of, like, underground hip-hop for Dallas? Um, To be completely honest, man, sometimes I feel bad telling this story because there's people who go to school for radio. There's people who go to school for broadcasting. And I just got into it completely by accident. Mm. Uh, I moved out to Dallas in 2011. Um, But, you know, shout out to Dallas because I would come here every summer as a kid. My father was a pastor. Yeah. And he preached in Terrell. The worst kind. (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey, you know, hey, I got PK. some stories if you want. <laughs> but uh, and so I would come, I would come to Dallas every summer to visit him. So I always had a love for Dallas, the, the whole DFW as a whole. Um, so that's it was the first place I wanted to move when I finally got out of Big Spring, uh, my hometown. Mm-hmm. And um, I was in my school. I was at UTA University of Texas at Arlington, hanging with some friends that were in the radio department. And uh, I just kept. I kept making everybody laugh. I was just kind of the life of the room. And the station manager walked in and was like, hey, you know, uh, you're pretty funny. We're, we're letting people have their own radio shows on the station if you want it. I'm just like, okay, why not? Something cool to do. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so I fell into it by accident. But prior to that, um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of an artist by the name of Topic. Um, he's an artist out here. He's living in Oakland now, but he works with Flying Lotus now. Okay. Um. And he was the first Dallas artist I had ever heard. And so prior to moving to Dallas, I got into his music and I was a really big fan. So I moved here and I came to his album release show, which was July 28th, 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had ADD there. I'm, I'm a name artist. I don't know if y'all have heard of him or not, but ADD was there. Tunk, Megazar, QP, Brain Gang, um, and Topic. And it was just... Coming from the middle of nowhere in West Texas, that was like mm-hmm. the best local hip hop show I've ever seen. Yeah. So when they gave me my own show, I just thought these are the type of people that I feel people should be heard. Okay. Okay. So it started out on UTA uh, doing local artists, but then eventually I got to interview bigger artists. Like Kendrick Lamar was the first major interview I did, and 
from there, I got to, you know, uh, young Oak Cliff just told me her affinity of ASAP Ferg. ASAP Ferg was one of the interviews I first did. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually I started doing it on an internet radio station and doing some uh, work with K104 and 97.9 The Beat as well, but primarily doing my show on the internet radio, so... Yeah, bro, you you a jewel to the city, man. I ain't yeah. gonna lie, man. I let y'all tell it. I don't, I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it, man. You gotta stay humble with it, but yeah. you know, like you you super important, man. Definitely a hidden jewel. Like I, and this is probably on my part. Like for me, I think the first time I was introduced to Jay Will was at the Wolf Nation Entrepreneurial uh, Podcast. Oh yeah, that's right. That was mm-hmm. the first time I met you. That's yeah. right. And I I know I was pretty quiet there because I was just trying to soak in everything that you guys were. Providing as far as the information that y'all were putting out, but then I uh, seen you again at the. We talked, of course, in the DMs about the show, and you gave feedback, which was I really appreciate. Of course, of course. Um, but then I think we seeing you again at Becky's. Uh, yeah. One year anniversary, so mm-hmm. that's a, It's just uh, just to be able to connect with you and just to see what you're doing. And just the fun that y'all have on y'all show, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> no, we like, definitely, that's usually the highlight of my week, mm-hmm. for sure. To see it done in Dallas is, um, the culture's changing here, it's shifting, and you're a big part of that, so. Well, I appreciate that, appreciate man. You I didn't realize out. I was going to walk into such love today. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, I love good. over here. Oh, good, man. Because I, I really pay attention to you guys' chemistry on Don't Take It Personal. Like, yep. Yeah. Like, like, you have a more um, a interviewer standpoint, you yeah. know, connected with the culture. Mm-hmm. Cass is ass man that's <laughs> the funniest shit man but like he be accurate from his from his end he said something to he said something on one of the episodes about not being a college nigga yeah and, and you talked oh, about yeah. being you know so mm-hmm. having a degree in some things and i was like i said that's the most accurate shit to say i said jay will is a real nigga from a college perspective mm-hmm. i said Cass a real nigga from a, a non-college perspective but see, see, in, in, in little brother. yeah oh yeah that, i mean i would see, go this to how i know that. you this is yeah. how i know you listen because uh for people who I don't know like, i'm proud of that shit like too like <laughs> oh yeah for people who are listening who don't know she's referring to the fact that i have a little brother that graduated from harvard with a, a degree in mechanical engineering yeah mm-hmm. and out, um yeah I, I shout that out as much as i can because i'm super proud of him right and um you know one of the the proudest moments of my life was flying out to Boston to see him walk that stage. Yeah. Absolutely. I'll never forget that. The beautiful thing about that is um I have I have a really huge family biologically and through my foster family and um I'm really invested in my nieces and my nephews and just any kids in my fa- in my circle. Um and what I noticed is that some of them want to be rappers. Uh my first nephew, he just started playing basketball. Okay. But I try to instill in them and I have another nephew um they actually drove me crazy last night. So <laughs> if I sound stressed out, it's because of them. Hey, um, I got 22 nieces and nephews. I, can I probably got a little bit more than that. Yeah, so I, can <laughs> I, got, I got eight brothers and three sisters, man. I have about, I make 20 okay. oh, siblings. Sheesh. Mm-hmm. I've um, never met anyone who could beat me. So. Biologically, <laughs> yeah, through my foster family. But um, I know one of uh, my nephews, he really is a really great science student. And I try to let him know, like, you still are talented, even if you because my nephew that plays basketball, they went and he didn't try out. They the teachers went and found him and said we want you to play. Mm-hmm. And my other nephew, I think he feels a little bit left out. And I noticed that uh, yesterday at the game, like he was just critiquing, like if I played, um, it would be a lot better. But I was like, you know, TJ, like you have a unique talent as well. Yeah, he likes he's his science grades. And they're in elementary school, by the way. 
but he has like a hundred in science. I don't know any kids with a hundred in science. Right, man. Keep keep like, pushing them. No, man, because I try real. to. I try to. That's um, one of those things we get ca- kind of caught up in our community where the, the only way out are is to be a rapper in sports. Yeah, sports? you know, and it's 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 Maybe really hard. And what happens is, and I ran into this in my hometown because mm-hmm. I've been. I guess ever because I just w- got back from my hometown. They mm-hmm. invited me to speak at my old high school this past week. How'd yeah. go? It was great. I'm, I'm gonna get more into it in a minute. Okay. But uh, when I was in high school, well, from seventh grade to my second year in college, which was still in Big Spring, mm-hmm. I was the only black kid that did theater. Okay. All the other black kids were in sports. Yeah. And that could have been made you feel a certain type of way. And and what happens is when you're in situations like that, other kids make you feel like you're weird because Inferior, of that. Or or make yeah. you feel like you're not as cool as them. Mm-hmm. So I can see why kids who are probably more interested in things like science or whatever won't pursue it because they, when you're young, you want to be cool. You yeah. want to be liked. And mm-hmm. so I tell you, I say all that to say, like, you should really encourage your cousin to stick with that. Mm-hmm. I have a nephew currently right now who's really into video game uh, creation. Like, he's yeah. actually into the aspect of, like, creating video games. And I try to encourage him as much as I can yeah. to do to do that because there's more to life especially if you're black, than being on a basketball court or being in a studio. And that's the thing that's crazy about it. Like, we will make fun of the drama students, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But we also look up to the actors and actresses, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I remember them jokes. Yeah, we'll look up and say, you know, Denzel or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, Michael B. Jordan, but these are drama students. But again, we have them now. When we were kids, we weren't thinking about Denzel. And uh, Michael B. Jordan just, you know, hit the scene a couple, not really a couple of years ago, but he wasn't what we were seeing. When when I was young, I remember, like, older actors being on the screen, so I never, that never related to me. I mean, Carmen was probably like my first time I fell in love with theater but at the same time they were all Carmen? older mm-hmm. that's a good choice that's throwback right yeah, there yeah. I remember that that's a good I love, choice I love black yeah. and white movies and I love, I love oh, older movies oh you speaking the original Carmen yeah, yeah. not Beyonce Carmen I knew what no. she was talking about okay. we not here. the hip hop we okay. here I got nah, you that hit me a little bit over no, here sorry. I see <laughs> no um no the, <laughs> but, but you know what's interesting too yeah. being the only black kid in theater um you know, I got picked on, but a lot of times behind the scenes, I would have other black kids come up to me and say, "Man, I wish I was as as like I wish I, I wish I wasn't yeah. as shy as you. I would love to do that." Courage. But yeah. you know, I'm a fr- I would get up on that stage and be scared to say anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people would would love to be in certain extracurricular things, but you know, they're shy or they're afraid of how other people will look at them. I just didn't really enjoy doing anything else but being on the stage. Yeah, that was my question for you next, is that what what was that defiant moment that made you feel like that this is my lane? You know what I mean? Um, I actually figured that out at 10 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom forcibly put me on stage because she was embarrassed that I wasn't doing any church activities. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they tried me in choir, but I'm a horrible singer. Yeah. Uh, they tried me in like mom, but I have no rhythm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so I, uh, I was just, you know, Kind of to my own devices, and uh, one day uh, the youth director she contacted me and said, "Hey, uh, we you're not really doing anything. Would you want to be in the upcoming Easter play?" And before I could say no, my mom stopped her and said, "Yeah, he'll do it." <laughs> and um, shout out to mom. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, and it was funny. Is like foresight. yeah, and I guarantee you, she never. I, if you ask her, she would tell you she never thought I would stick with it. Mm-hmm. But um, after doing the play, uh, I was. I just I caught that cliche bug that all these people talk about that when you get a standing ovation mm-hmm. you're just like I have to get that it's feeling addictive. again. Yeah. 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 I have to get that feeling again. So 
I've been doing theater and plays and acting in general since I was 10 years old. And I turned 28 this year, so 18 years I've been yeah. been at it. So. Okay. You're a vet then, bro. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a, pro- <laughs> I'm a professional at this point. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, and, and to go back to what I was saying earlier about uh, when I got to speak at my school this week, I was really hoping I would see at least one black kid in the crowd. And, Were um, there any? Nah, well, there weren't. Um, yeah. There isn't a lot of black people where I'm from. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the ones that are there, they just do sports. I was kind of like the outlier. Yeah. <laughs> you this know? is, is going to be totally off topic, but um, a lot of people don't know that I'm adopted by a white woman who's married to a black man. And um, she was married to a Hispanic guy, which is where I get my last name from, before she met my foster mm-hmm. father. So my thing is, like, do you think your views on just life in general are different because you grew up in such a, I guess, not really diverse setting, but like... More uh, than just black faces everywhere. I do. Um, And on the one hand, I feel like it gives me an advantage over a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, it kind of makes me sad because I wish that other black performers had the experiences I have. Because, you know, before I got in theater in high school, all the only movies I ever saw were black movies. Yeah. The only TV shows I ever watched were black TV shows. It wasn't until I got to high school and was the only black kid there that I got introduced to Grease and, yeah. you yeah. know, all these other, like Moulin Rouge and all these other forms of acting and all these other actors and all these yeah. other movies and TV yeah. shows that are out there. Like, I experienced so many other things in that world that most black actors around my age that maybe grew up in mm. theater or whatever don't even know exist. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I do think I have a different experience, and it do- I feel like it gives me an advantage, but it also makes me sad because I wish other people... Yeah. had that information or had that palette because I would try to show people those things and they're just like, nah. And it's like, yeah, when it comes to that, you have to, like, for me, I don't spark fire in anybody that doesn't have that that interest in them, but those that have the interest, like, I can work with them and build them up as far as, like, at work, like, mentoring people. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard to find, like, who really wants to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and it's good to just get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. It's good to realize that there's other things going on in the world besides what's happening around you. Right. Um... You know, I remember like my favorite film still currently to this day is a musical called Singing in the Rain. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That's still my favorite movie. And I yeah. got that watching it in high school being the only, bl- I mean, the only black kid there. Gene I Kelly. Think, oh, yeah, that's yeah. my guy. You know, yeah, what, yeah, on the opposite end, I think Idlewild is my favorite. It's not really a musical, but that was like my favorite because that's, I kind of. I like Idlewild. Don't feel bad about that. <laughs> no, 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 because I'm like, I, I like what you're saying about like how you grew up on black theater. Like, we, my mom was a little crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> my mom was bipolar schizophrenic, so we couldn't watch TV. And then when we did watch TV, I remember she made us watch Mommy Dearest on mute. Mm. So it was like, I didn't really get exposure. So my my love for music came from her because she did listen to music. Yeah. And, and so it's just like different things like that. But when I got a little bit older, I was like, oh my God, out of while, that's so mm-hmm. creative. And they're all black. They look like me. And but that's a good question, though, because it is, I am surrounded, I am stuck in a world where I feel like I'm more experienced than most people around yeah. me. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, that can be kind of weird sometimes. I feel like it makes your mind a little bit open when you're exposed to other cultures at an early age, especially within the family or even just within like your upbringing yeah like yeah i mean it and it kind of led to a a certain way of it kind of led to an outlook of things that i wish that um now that i'm older i realized was a little ridiculous Mm -hmm. which was um you know being the only black kid in theater and then kind of getting singled out because of things like that it totally made me resent um being around a bunch of black people for a while 
Um, I can understand. I got stories. <laughs> you know, because I, 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 I grew up watching a different world. So my uh-huh. dream growing up was to go to an HBCU. Absolutely. Yo, y'all spoke on that the other day uh, on the other show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, the, the analogy was accurate as hell. Like if you watch that show. And yeah. You, you, to go to college. you want to go to And my mom, I don't think she did this purposely, but every morning while she was getting ready to take me to school growing mm-hmm. up, she would have a different world on in the background. And I loved, I grew up loving yeah. that show and it made me want to go to an HBCU. Mm-hmm. But when I got to high school and I was the eye man out because I was so different from other black kids, I was like, I'm not going to go to a school with nothing but black people and yeah. be singled they, out. Sometimes people treat you bad. That's your own skin color. And uh, I got plenty of stories about that, but I guess that's another episode. But when I got older and started hanging out at HBCUs, I realized that's not the case it's at not, all. Yeah. Yeah. There's whole departments of people who are just like me. And, I, yeah. and you know, I didn't really realize things like that till I moved to Dallas. Because, again, where I'm from, there's not a lot of black people. Mm-hmm. But when I moved to Dallas, it was nothing but black people. Yep. And it made me embrace who I am a lot more. And where are you from again, bro? It's a Big town Springs. called Big Spring. Uh, do you know where Odessa is at? Yeah. So it's about 30 minutes outside of Odessa. Okay, okay. So middle of nowhere, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so things like that, you know, you grow up with that kind of on your on your mind. And you're just like, I don't want to be singled out. Right. And um, which I wish like going back as a kid, I wish that me being singled out wasn't I didn't I wish I didn't view it as such a bad thing. Yeah. Because when you're a kid and you, you get I guess singled out like that, it makes you feel a certain type of way. Not a good feeling. Yeah. Like you feel kind of ashamed or. Dare I say inferior to a certain extent? You do. Oh yeah, for um, sure. And and now that I look back on it, like I'm like I'm so glad that I stuck with some of the things I stuck with because like my life could have been so different, like so much worse. Yeah, I used to be into um, choir a lot, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I got into music a lot. My mom, she's kind of real diverse when it comes to different things. Mm-hmm. My favorite stage plays, it's probably a, uh, it's a tie between uh, the King and I and. Mm, nice. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar. Okay. So it's a, them two of my favorites right there. Those but, aren't bad choices, though. Yes. Those are great shows. And so, but being, being in school, being tall, they, mm-hmm. all, they instantly push me into basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, nigga, I'm just not that good yeah. at basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> that's just what it is. It's just, yeah. But, you know, but secretly, I, I, like, I still had a love for, like, short stories, writing short stories. Mm-hmm. That was my thing, even mm-hmm. though publicly I never, but I ended up, like, switching it and being like, from short stories, I'm a I'm a transition into poetry, okay. into rap, yeah, and so it kind of like that's how it goes, yeah, yeah, washed it down a little bit, and I, I don't really I don't really condemn people who uh, explore rapping only if you utilize it to help you figure out where you want to go. Let's yeah. speak on that. We all, <laughs> go ahead. I want to say I appreciate again the episode with DJ Elusive. Um, I'm not big on social media, so I didn't. I wanted to go follow him, but I'm like, I don't really, really even be on my social media. <laughs> but it's the conversation that you guys had about because my nephew that plays basketball, he wants to be a rapper. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, baby, well, this is what we're gonna have to do. Do you know how to write? So let's go write because I'm all about like letting kids have their dreams while they're little. Yeah, and let me work you as hard as I can to see if you really want to do this or if this is just something that you think mm-hmm. is cool. And so, like, but y'all had that episode, um, and it was like, you could be a writer. You could be in a production space. You don't have to necessarily be a rapper. If you don't have the entertainment, like, niche or persona, you don't really have to be in the front of the stage. This is what you can do to to still make it in the industry, blah, blah, blah. So I appreciated that because that gives me... Just because I'm not in the industry, so my nephew, I know the kids don't really listen to who they... You just go to work every day, Amy. You don't know, right. mm-hmm. so like different things like that. Like it makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna give some. I'm gonna give everybody listening some insight. Um, 
every executive, A&R, record label president, all of them started out rapping. Mm-hmm. All of them. Yeah. It's up to you to figure out while you're doing that if this is where you need to go or mm-hmm. if there's another avenue for you. Right. Yeah. I even started out rapping. Of course. I wasn't that great. I was, uh, but I, was I but I, too. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I mean, although I always got to say this because people laugh at me mm-hmm. when I say I used to rap. But mm-hmm. I actually went on tour with Juvenile when I graduated from high school. Nice. Hey. And so I wasn't that bad. I was I I realized that it wasn't for me, but I wasn't that bad. Okay. Um, I, didn't, hey man, I didn't see YouTube you videos of this. You need, you need <laughs> a um, a book or, or a movie <laughs> or something. And it was the wildest thing I ever experienced because fresh out of high school, going toward juvenile was wild. I could I got Absolutely. some stories. Oh my but gosh. um, but I learned when I moved here because mm-hmm. you know in West Texas it's easy to be a good rapper. Not to you know make oh, fun of I get what not you're to make fun of anybody <laughs> yeah. rapping out there, but I it's easy to be a good rapper yeah. in West Texas. When you move out to Dallas and you hear. Like really good rappers, yeah. it's like uh, you start reevaluating some things. You're like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, I'm just um, gonna be a fan today. <laughs> I, yeah, I cook really well. Right. You know? But that's but that's when I decided to move into doing radio. Uh huh. You know, so I found my place. I got you. Within but rapping allowed me to find my place. So I always encourage people to to rap if you want to. But realize if it's for you or not, and allow it to make you find what really works for you. Yeah. Right. Now, okay, do you have more questions, Jimo? Because we, I'm good. we ain't no, even irked. Right, I know. We, I'm like, we ain't even irked or nothing yet. Like, we're going to hit fun. a two-hour show today, man. We're just right. going through. I'm here for as long as y'all want me. I man. didn't approve of that, but I noticed that y'all episodes be long as hell, so I'm I here mean, for it. I mean, uh, shout out to Valley of the Kings. They kind of just let us be in there as long as we Yo, want. So. A, I mean, that's a dope-ass thing if and, you can talk that long. And I be riding to work in the out. morning like, God damn, I'm like, I can't catch the end of the, the episode. Right. Like, <laughs> I got to wait till I get out. But a lot of people who listen to us listen to like at their work desk or whatever. Yeah, same. A a lot of people prefer that we have longer episodes. No, because sometimes some shows are like too short, and it's like, damn, I really wish they could have got a little bit deeper. So y'all do give that to y'all show. Sometimes it'd be too long. Like Drink Chance be having three and a half hour long episodes, (laughs) and it's like, sheesh. Right. Yikes. Yeah, we could go dive in the irks. Okay. Y'all ready for the irks? Yep, I'm pulling mine up because you know me. I don't really be irked out. Man, Jay Will, I'm going to let you. Bro, what's irking you? Bro, what's irking you? I had a hard week, man, so what what we doing? (laughs) So, irk session is a moment where we get superhuman and say what is really pissing us off or, like, has us on edge or just irking us. Like, what's on your mind? What's irking you? Um, What irks me currently are people who don't understand uh, people who are on the grind. Sheesh. Uh, you know, whether it's well, family or friends who say things to you like, oh, you too good for us or you too busy Yikes. for us or, you know, I have a, I love my family to death, so I'm not talking mess, but I do have certain family members who call me like, oh, we thought you forgot about us. And it's like, <laughs> it's not about you. Right. right. It's about like when I'm I, I, full disclosure, I'm self-employed now. Mm. And hey, so that's shout out to you, bro. That's but that's a seven day a week job. That's yeah. not a five day a week. I don't have two days off like if I worked a nine to five. I, it's a seven day a week job. Yeah. yeah. And so when I have all these things I'm doing and I get home, do you think I really want to like go all the way out to Lancaster or Mesquite or right. Dallas and kick it with y'all? No, I'm trying to rest. Right. You know. <laughs> I understand. You know. So it's just things like that where people make you feel as though. 
you're not being a good friend or family member because you're not bending to their will mm -hmm. and not understanding that you have things going on in your life that they may not fully understand. Yeah. And might not fit into the picture too. And it's not to like count them out, but sometimes you can't count people in when you're trying to get something done that nobody can really get done with you. Yeah, like, and also you got to understand what we do is unorthodox. You know, mm -hmm. I see uh, Dennis in here. He he work, He runs Wolf Nation along with Kayla. Mm -hmm. I see you guys in here doing the podcast. I guarantee you our grandmothers don't know what a podcast is. Absolutely. Right. You know what I'm saying? All they know is work or school. Yeah. And so they don't understand this aspect of things. I had a I had an aunt who, who when I had a full-ride scholarship to college for theater, she was like, I didn't even know they gave scholarships for theater. So it's just, you know. A, we, millennials are good for, we have the negative things that people highlight, but for us, we're the most driven culture yet, I think, as far as entrepreneurship. Yeah, because um, we, don't like, we don't like the idea, because the things that made sense to generations before us don't make sense to us. Exactly. Right. Now that I'm self-employed, I realize that being in corporate America, there was a ceiling over me that isn't a ceiling anymore. Absolutely. Uh, I used to work in a company where I had to handle 200 accounts a day. Yeah. 200. Like, that's no BS. 200 accounts a day, and I was making $40,000 a year. And that's not even worth it. That's not worth the stress. That's not worth the gray hair. That's not worth the loss of sleep. That's not worth the overtime. It's not worth it. It's not. And it's so, not. And so that I'm 27 years old. And as a 27-year-old man, now that I'm not in corporate America and I'm not on that hamster wheel, I realize that's one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard, to, yeah. to work with over 200 businesses a day well, and only 40K. make $40,000 a yeah. year. And people look at you just because you work in corporate and make, think you make this exuberant amount of money. I'm like, uh, no, nope. taxes is real. <clears throat> I got to have make sure I have health benefits. And all this extra shit that I got to pay for, like, no, nah, bro. like Yeah, so that's what's irking me this week yeah. is – that's you valid know, as hell, man. It's just a it's just an overabundance of people who don't understand what I'm trying to accomplish or even trying to understand yeah. what I'm trying to accomplish. So Listen. that's me. What you got, G? Man, <clears throat> I ain't even lie, man. I'm still caught up in matters of the heart, man. She made, <laughs> she made me feel some type. I've been there before, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, well, ask me anything about I can I can <laughs> I will tell you this um, about that particular relationship. Um, that was the greatest thing that could her walking out the door on me was the greatest thing that could ever happen to me. Yeah. Sometimes in life, uh, we are afraid to make moves or or allow things to happen the way they should happen. And so sometimes people have to do it for us. Yeah. That relationship was not working. Wow. And had I still been with her today today, we'd either be divorced or Hot or just probably even worse. Somebody would have ended up dead. Probably me. I feel it. She probably would have shot me. Like it was not a good. It was not a good relationship we were in. And she's now in a relationship. She's married with a, a beautiful daughter, and so it's the best thing that could ever happen to her, and it's the best thing that could have ever happened yeah. to me. Sometimes one door closes doesn't mean it's a closed opportunity. It's just a guy guiding you to another door that you did, wouldn't even have looked at. Exactly. If you were still in the same situation, it happens with relationships with work. With everything, like a lot of things. Yeah, and that's and that's my I guess my irk is that uh and I don't even know if it's really an irk, but it's just more of those you could be in a situation with a person that you love dearly. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it could be so toxic and so much friction. My God. But, and yep. and you cannot be reaching your full potential. Yeah. And you can be in a you can get into a new relationship that everything is on point, mm -hmm. you're rising, you're growing. You know what I'm saying? So my irk is all oh, y'all people that ain't helping us grow. 
Step back. You know, like, <laughs> sit down. Have a seat. It's like I watched the Bobby Brown movie, and I this throwback. Great, right? Yeah, I loved it. And and the thing with him and Whitney, you mm-hmm. could tell Whitney loved Bobby dearly. You could tell Bobby loved Whitney dearly, mm-hmm. but you could tell that together they're toxic. Right. They can't grow. Is is yeah. it's a bad situation, and they they're damaging each other. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he got out of that relationship and got with the new uh, wife. And all of a sudden, you start to see him have a resurgence. He's growing again. He's yeah. getting healthier. You know what I'm That's saying? What I don't think men understand is that. Um, uh oh. And, and women. <laughs> and women, but I don't think men understand that the woman behind you it, it deals with a lot of your success and or your downfall. Um, I think that again, social media plays into this. We all want this idea of perfection that when it gets too realistic or too human, we kind of like, oh, well, I don't have to deal with this. You're stressing me out. Let me move on to the next one. I've been, I've done that before. Like, I don't got time to deal with this shit. Like, you're stressing me out. Yeah. <laughs> I can deal with this. I don't even have to deal with this with you. I can deal with this by myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, like, being a strong woman, sometimes you don't look how people want you to look. Right. So you're going to get looked over. And sometimes being a man that probably um, needs a strong woman, you don't know what really is good for you. So it could work out all kinds of different ways. Um, just speaking on that, like Devon Franklin and Megan Good, he didn't want an actress. She's the most beautiful, like one of the most beautiful women. He didn't want an actress, but he closed himself off. And look at them now. Like One thing I've noticed is the people that you say you don't want are Mm -hmm. the ones that you typically end up with. But at the same time, the people that you don't want kind of can still fit into that category. Yeah. Such as, like, just because this one person, I think even, this might be a reach, but even with racism, when I see, or just, like, prejudice, one black person do something, and I even catch myself saying, oh, my God, black people. When it's not black people, it's like this ignorant-ass person right here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, but we group, we have the tendency to group things together and that's not even the whole definition of everybody else but we tend to define everybody in this one thing yeah. that we see yeah this one experience that we see because we felt this before and we felt like oh all black people do this all white people do this all hispanics do this but i just feel like there's people too who um who pay way too much attention to rom-coms and make up this dream scenario in their head right that can never happen yeah and that's all the women who Disney say they got movies, a, all Disney the women movies. that say they got a high requirement let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> I, off wax i don't talk about too much of my personal life but off wax i got a story for you okay? yeah i want to hear it but i am if you're listening i am yeah. five five you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with it. So tall women, if you don't, put your heels on, just do like I do. Pat them on their little head. I don't mind a tall woman. <laughs> I don't mind a tall woman. Come on, I, boo. Me personally, I don't mind it. You Come know what I'm saying? Boo. So say I'm not gonna lie. Short men got a thing about them, and I don't like. It's crazy. Like they just be the most. I don't know. Leadership driven. We gotta compensate. Like, <laughs> like, it's like we go, like you know. That's why when I uh, there was a point in time where like every week I was hosting a show, like mm-hmm. some kind of concert or some type of local event, mm-hmm. and um, you know I made a joke out of it. Like I would always tell um, the people who were like helping putting the show together, I'd be like, "Hey, I want you to do this one thing for me. I'm telling my secrets, but I like y'all, so I'm telling y'all my secrets." Yeah. One thing I would do is I would have them, I would have them purposely make the mic stand too tall. Uh, so by the, so the first time you see me, I make a joke. Like I look at the mic stand and I look at the crowd and I'm just, <laughs> and everybody's laughing. And so I, I bring the mic mic stand down. So it's like it's letting you know that I don't allow certain things like my quote unquote height allow, keep me from being great. Yeah. Right. You can't like you can make fun of it all you want. I don't give a damn about that. <laughs> one, and, oh my god! I saw this is like oh no. But anyways, this one girl because I'm taller like. 
I'm tall. I'm going to say that. This one lady I used to work with, she was a little bit taller than me, actually. And she was like, I don't date short men. They all say that. And it's just like, <laughs> bro, like, you, one day you got to hang up the stereotype. Some of the best relationships I done had was with short men. Some of the worst relationships I done had was with short <laughs> men. And it's just like, mm, <laughs> When you get done wrong by short man, it's like, I'm going to kill his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't get to the thing that's irking you. Okay. Uh, Nicole, what's going on? I got on? a list, so. Dang. No. <laughs> nah, to know me is to know, like, shit just, like, runs off my back like water like ducks. So I write them down when it comes up. But since you brought something up, Jay will I put, it irks me how people are too busy focused on you instead of how they are staying the same. Mm. So meaning, like, for me personally, like, I'm in, I decided to go back to school I dropped that like three times just because I was. Well, focused. I think we should have a pause and like give a yeah. round of applause for that. Thank you. Salute that. Uh, my President's mother. List, my mother. GPA. Hey, yeah, there you go. Hey, that's another round of applause. My mother. My mother actually just started going back to school, so yeah. I applaud nice. that for hey. real. Sometimes you have to take a time out to invest. Like for me, uh, it was for the wrong reason. It was more like I've been working since I was fourteen. A lot of people don't know about me. Another thing is, uh, I moved out of the house of my biological mother's house when I was like fifteen. And um, I think my foster family took me in when I was, like, 17, so when I was, like, a senior. So for two years, I was just, like, going through a lot of different stuff, but I've always worked since I was 14 years old. So to me, I was the only person that supported me, so I couldn't go to school, like, not having a scholarship. Like, I can't afford this shit. Yeah, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I couldn't, like, I decided to go off to Grambling um, when I first graduated. I couldn't get home, like. By the grace of God, my birth father, only because he needed to ride back to Dallas, convinced my uncle to bring me back home to Dallas. I yeah. said, God, if you get me home, I am going to stay in Dallas for a while. So I'm still here. But it's just little shit like that. Like, you can do it whenever the time is right. But, yeah, I'm back now. And it's just like I'm trying to figure out. I'm trying to balance. Like, I have real life going on. I have work going on, family going on. And then it's like, of course, important. more importantly, it's like me. Like, where is my head at? Am I really too drained to be writing this paper? Am I too drained to be focusing on trying to do a side hustle? Like, what's going on with me? So it's just a big balance, and I don't think people are... It rubs me wrong when people say they support you, but then they, they bothered by what you're trying to accomplish at the same time. Like, going back to what Gmo Irk was, like, the Taurus I rented about, <laughs> like, this guy, I just knew that he was loyal, but the shit that came with him... <laughs> It was just like, I can't deal with this. Like, he wanted to come to the studio. Like, no, bro, this is where I disconnect from the world. Like, this is, I like to do mm-hmm. this. I don't want nobody here with me. And like, he didn't necessarily understand that? He didn't understand that. Mm-hmm. And then um, if I go to, it's just a whole story. And it's just like, I don't got time to be dealing with your extraness. Like, it's okay. Like, I need somebody there for me, like, to support me, like, on that level. But it's not, it's not necessary. Like, yeah. you good. <laughs> <laughs> I could cut it with my beard. It's all good. <laughs> I mean, it's good you realize that, though. You know, yeah. one thing about... It's a uh, process. One thing I'm learning as I get older is a lot of the conventional things that we grew up thinking were necessary mm-hmm. aren't, aren't necessarily uh-huh. the case. Yeah. Exactly. You know, uh, I'm not saying I'm opposed to it, but I grew up thinking I needed to be married with children. Yeah. I think we all, cut, especially being in the South, I think you, you that's what you see. Yeah. That's and what you see. And also when you're from small areas like me, a lot of my friends had kids before we graduated high mm-hmm. school. Or so, they got married early. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you grow up thinking, I have to have a wife and kids. Now, I would like to have those things 
But I don't think it's the end of the world if I don't end up with those things. Right. Right. You know, so I think one thing that's great about this generation is we realize the things that we thought were necessary really aren't that necessary. Right. Mm -hmm. And also the thing with this generation, like to bring it full circle with like our show topic today is uh, this generation are they some real dream chasers, man. Like they really come up with an idea. They inspire themselves and they make it happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that like. I know there's like a lot of the people around me, like that I've met in Dallas, they they really building, you know what I mean? I'm really making moves for the culture. So I have to really salute the new millennials right now. I agree with that. Um, I think it's just because, um, like I said earlier, we a lot of the things that um made sense or were the only options that older generations yeah. had aren't the case for us. Like I remember I was listening to uh, a recent interview on the Breakfast Club with Steve Stout. Yeah. Um, love Steve Stout. If you don't know who he is, do your research. One of the smartest, um, most successful black men in the inter- in the music industry ever. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about how in the nineties, in the early two thousands, record labels controlled distribution, so you had to sign a deal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Now, now you don't have to. Yeah. You have options. You mm-hmm. can. Find ways around the record label system. There's really nothing that a record label offers you you can't get yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you sign a deal, it's, it's on you, but it's not the necessary thing. And I think that's representative of this co- of this generation, which is a lot of the things that were necessary, like you couldn't get a job without a degree. Right. It's not the it's case not the whatsoever. Case. No, not, not the not case at all. You know, I personally uh, got kicked out of college, so I don't have a degree. <laughs> Um, that's a long story. I'm just, I'm just we gonna have to have a talk about this. Uh, what you, happened? I'll give you the short version. Um, I this is my fault. I mm-hmm. take full responsibility. I didn't do my due diligence before finding my college to to see what um, the program requirements were. Gotcha. So the program requirements, because I got I, I wanted to get a film degree. Okay. I've been doing theater my whole life, and I w- but I want to be in movies and TV. So I felt like a film degree would be necessary for me. I didn't realize that the school I ended up going to, which was University of Texas at Arlington, mm-hmm. that to even touch a camera in my film classes, I needed to take art classes. Mm. Like uh, sculpting and sketching yeah. and painting and all of these so things. So you can learn from the ground up. Yeah, and I have never taken an art class in my life. So <laughs> I was atrocious. <laughs> um, now, granted, I did the work and I did it on time, but uh, my main professor <laughs> caught me before midterms and told me that, uh, you know, Josh, uh, you know, everybody else is kind of at a college level and you're kind of at a kindergarten level wow. uh, as far as quality of work. And um, you have two options. You can either uh, drop all of your classes or fail. Wow. That's fucked up. So, uh And so... At this time, I had been doing Live from the Underground at the school radio station as well. Uh-huh. And so I kind of just used those connections to move forward, and I left school. And, but it, it, it seems like it all worked out. Like, it worked out. Again, one door closed doesn't mean it's a closed opportunity. No, not at all. Um, but if this was 10, 15 years ago, yeah. that would have been the end of my life. Absolutely. Because I didn't have a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So we, we realized, so we, this generation realizes there's ways around the system. I mean, nowadays you get a degree and it don't even mean anything. It doesn't. I went to my cousin's graduate uh, college graduation last year, and my and another one of my cousins made a joke like, "Well, it's all downhill from here." Yeah. 
And uh, some guy, never met before a day in my life, turned around and looked at us and said, yeah, you're right. I graduated four years ago, and I still don't have a job. I remember so, you saying that, yeah. yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, and it is what it is. So it's like, for me, like, I think it worked out because I chose to go find a job first, and now I know where I'm where I've kind of fit in. I don't see myself retiring in corporate America, meaning I'm not going to stay there for the rest of my life. But for right now, I'm really good at it. Yeah. And they paying for it. Pretty much my degree, so hey, it worked it. out for me. Nah, you it worked it. out. Now I'm not saying school isn't useful because it is. Because yeah. I would have never got into radio if mm-hmm. it wasn't right. for school. And my first two years of college were completely paid for because I got a full ride theater scholarship. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's I, I'm not saying I'm not lessening the value of school, right? But realize if it's actually for you or not, because right. then yeah. you can say. And well, it's a lot of money. Like, yeah. I think parent our parents didn't realize like. When they got their degrees, I mean, it was probably expensive for them, but it was more affordable, too. Mm-hmm. Right now, we're talking about... <laughs> I just paid off resources, my student loans. <laughs> the resources of, of nowadays is completely different mm-hmm. with the internet being so vibrant as it is now. Because yep. I remember YouTube I was a rapper University. when I was in high school. And what was your rap name? Ah, man, I had many of them. Because uh, I, I don't tell people mine, but I'm curious to see I mean, if you I let got me a know couple yours. Of my, I let them Tokyo. go. But the first one was... Uh, so my name Gary Grant. It was uh-huh. two G's. Okay. Then we, then we elevated to uh, caution with a K. Okay. And then we uh, what we the real southern that. shit. I like it. I was the I was the villain for a minute. Okay. Wow. And then I came up. We used to uh, crack. We used to just kind of crack jokes on each other in the studio. Mm-hmm. And and one of my homeboys was like. He was like, what's up, Smoke? And I'm like, Smoke, what that mean? He was like, nigga, you black as hell, so you smoke. He's like, yeah. <laughs> So I was like, you know what? I like that word. I'm, I'm Smoke. We'll, hey, we'll rock with it. Uh, I, I have kept the same energy. No one knows what my rap name was, so I'm going to keep the same energy. <laughs> so we're going after offline. I'm about to find out what the yeah, and so that, name like, is. I remember trying to go get studio time in the beat. So expensive, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. What I'm saying? I, like this, I was like maybe sixteen. It's about the year two thousand or whatever. It was expensive. It wasn't no sound click, SoundCloud. It was just you really had to go know somebody who had a studio. Yep. They was charging you a million dollars an hour. Yeah, they was charging you a million dollars for a beat. And I realized at that point, I was like, I, I can't afford to be a rapper. Yeah. So let me go ahead and I'm gonna go check out these computers or something. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, just like the resources now. I mean, you could be a, a whole rapper, give your music directly to your customer, and you're good. There's apps on your phone where you can literally rap into your phone, but and it mixes and masters it for you. Even to the point, it's starting to be apps on your phone where you could literally sit on the toilet and do your podcast mm-hmm. over the phone and upload it to all the different platforms <laughs> in true. that cycle of time. You know that's what I'm so saying? True. You laughing, but it's true. It's no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so true. Like. You can upload it before you wash your hands. It's, it's just that easy now. I, I'm really late on, like, a lot of stuff because, again, I just always worked, and I took my work serious up until, like, two years ago. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I finally heard podcasts, it was probably about two years ago, and then... um. I started hanging out about about that time two years ago, and I started like meeting people out and like, oh, I do a podcast, blah blah blah, or you know, to shout out the podcast. So I go listen to it. But when you see people in the city doing something that you kind of want to do, it's like, oh, that just makes it more tangible. Yeah. It makes yeah. it more realistic for me specifically. But at the same time, my thought process is a little bit different. So just being in the presence of you guys um, just makes me like, okay. And you know what's beautiful about what you do? Because Crown Jewels was around for a while before you joined the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, I do. I know yeah, my, I I know see, my history, I too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and so what was interesting is 
you I met you at that panel uh-huh. and it wasn't too long after that you joined this show. Right. Yeah. So you realized that there was a way to get what you wanted and you made it happen. Funny thing is I even sent him the notes to the show before I was even on the show from, yeah. from the podcast really? event. Mm-hmm. She did. That's just the type of person I am. I and just, and I just I, read over those notes again mm-hmm. yesterday just to touch up a bit. Yep. And it's just like those things it's just like that's the type of person I am. So as far as dreams go, I know I'm going to be some type of public speaker. So even within Crown Jewels, I've just been trying to develop my brand and see where I stand with myself. So what, okay. so if I, I – not to flip it on y'all. No, no, you But did. I'm curious. Uh, I'm going to ask both of y'all this. I'm going to start with uh, Gmo. If, uh, what would you say your end goal is? What is it And when it's all said and done you want to accomplish? Man, um, as a kid, I always wanted to be – I wanted to have a – um, a large media platform. I came from the generation of Double XL, the okay. source. So I always wanted to get into like editorials, even though those are kind of starting to fade out a bit. To an but extent, it, yeah. Yeah. So like with that, also being involved in music and things like that, podcasts is new. So I think overall, I think I would want to be the plug for other up and coming content creators to uh, whether it's podcasts, short movies, whatever. Just I want to have that link. Or you can come to my website or whatever, and I can plug you in or give you the resources you need to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And same question for you. So for me, again, podcasting, um, the exit plan for me is, of course, to kind of just be, say, I have the experience in this. I can help you out with that. But at the same time, it's just being able to say I can give, I guess, what I want to do is motivational speaking. Okay. Or help people on a private level. Um, just get their life together because I've been through a lot of things. And um, I think it's important to – I take a lot of losses in private, but I take a lot of wins in private too. So my humbleness is like 100% like real humble. Um, so I just want to help people that I guess not – maybe are like me or not like me and just trying to shift their way of thinking to just get like on a – I'm just positive vibes type of thing. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. Like I just want to be able to say, go listen to this podcast. Um, we talked about dream chasing. Okay. Did you get something from it? Like, was it inspiring to you? Like, okay, let's talk on a private level or shit, a big auditorium of people. Like, just me. I want to be a motivational speaker. So okay. that's what I want to do. Okay. So this is like practice slash passion. Like, no, to be completely to be completely honest, I tell people all the time, and again, I feel bad for people who go to school for this. Mm-hmm. All of this is fun for me. Like, yeah. this is what we're doing right now. Even pot, doing my own podcast. That's what I do for fun. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, and surprisingly, I'm good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's nowhere near what my end goal is. Mm-hmm. I just do it because I love the. I, I enjoy doing it. Was What's funny is I have I hear that I have a radio voice all the time. Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time, which yeah. is odd. Um, so I'm gonna boomerang this, cut you off a little bit. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But what's your end goal? What do you want to do? Um, it's very simple. Uh, I would love to be able. To be in a position where the stories that I want to tell through film and television are able to be told. I want to create, uh, whether it's writing or producing, putting together my own projects to be seen to seen by the world. Yeah. Um, the people I look at, I mean, I guess it's kind of cliche, but the people like Issa Rae, you mm-hmm. know what she does. Where Absolutely. She's fully in control of what she does while also getting to be a part of other people's projects. Yep. Like she was just in The Hate You Give last year. Mm-hmm. She's about to be in a movie called Little coming out in April. Yeah, but she's I've still in that. control of Insecure and other shows she's producing for HBO. Yeah. So, that would be an ideal situation for me. 
Um, and of course, getting an EGOT, which if you don't know what that is, that's an Emmy, Emmy Grammy, Emmy, Oscar, Oscar, and Tony. And I will be getting those things. Hey. I plan on getting my Oscar <laughs> in three years. So okay. uh, be on the lookout for that. I got a plan. So yeah. so in, in lieu of, not really in lieu, but just stay on topic with the episode, what are you doing to put yourself in position to get to that dream, that end goal? Okay. So again, I'm. Be, I guess I'm telling my secrets, but I like y'all. So <laughs> y'all got me open, and y'all give me alcohol beforehand. Hey. <laughs> but uh, I'm currently filming five to six short films um, okay. to send to Sundance. Now, uh, if you're an actor, um, the main goal is to get major representation, which is a major agent and a major manager. There's mm-hmm. about five major agencies, which is uh, WME, William Morris Endeavor, CAA, ICM, UTA. Um, those are four. There's a few other ones, but those are the major ones. Paradigm, those are the major agencies. So, like, all actors' dreams is to be a part of one of those agencies. Um, to get a part of those agencies, you need a, what's called an industry referral. Mm-hmm. Well, the industry referral is somebody in the industry that can, that, can, that can be on your behalf and say, hey, this guy or girl is great. You should represent them. Network. And, yeah, it's basically who you know in this business. And that's the... Sp- the best information I can give is it's not about what you know, it's who you know. It's a mm-hmm. cliche saying, but it's very true. It's so true. Uh, and so as of right now, I have maybe seven people that could give me an industry f- referral if I wanted it. Okay. okay. But here's the nice. thing. All the major agencies have over 2,000 to 3,000 actors that they represent. Gotcha. So in the same agency that has maybe a Brad Pitt or a Will Smith or a Kevin Hart or a Denzel Washington or a Michael B. Jordan, there's a... There's hundreds of actors who get no attention Mm -hmm. whatsoever. So my goal is to not be one of those actors. Gotcha. So uh, with me doing multiple short films and my goal of getting them into Sundance is... is, setting yourself apart. Exactly. Uh, You could get one film into Sundance into other major festivals, and that's cool. No one's ever got three to five. Mm Mm-hmm. So I feel as though if I'm able to accomplish that, which I believe I will be able to do, um, that sets me apart and that's going to set off a, a media storm that's going to get a lot of attention on me. So moving forward, when I do get an agent and a manager, I'm worth their time. Yeah, I've realized being, being in radio and being in the entertainment industry for almost eight years now, I've realized the, the most important thing that you can be is useful. Mm-hmm. If you're not useful, if people feel like they can't benefit from being close to you or knowing you, then you're useless. You, I and remember you saying that on the last day. Yeah, and there's no point years. in anybody mm-hmm. messing with you. So yep. I could easily get an agent and a manager right now, but I'm useless right now mm. to the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So my goal is to become useful. My goal is to become someone that's worth putting time and effort into for these agencies and these managers. So that's what my goal is. And that just sets off a chain reaction of a multitude of other things I have in in, pl- in place. I have about 20 scripts I have written. You right. know, by the time I get my first meeting where I can go in and start pitching things, a studio, whoever decides to work with me, will have uh, multiple options to go with. So, I mean, like, how do you even, how long did it take you to write 20 scripts? Like, that's a lot. It is. But it's it's all about passion, inspiration. Mm-hmm. And, okay, for example... Um, I'll use this as a recent example. Uh, 
there's a story I've had in mind for some time. Uh, it's it's a series. I'm not going to give too much away because I want my I don't of course. want my stuff stolen. <laughs> don't pitch it here. Yeah. We don't. We love you, but not. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want you to do that. But if you got a role for a gangster, <laughs> let me know. I'm, I'm but, down. Uh, but there's a series that I've I've had an idea for for some time, and um, I've had it. And when I'm like what I'm doing now, I'm talking to you guys. I'm on this show. Mm-hmm. In the back of my mind, even while I'm talking to you, I'm formulating ideas in the back of my mind. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, I'm thinking of how does this how do these characters walk? How do they talk? How do they act? What do they represent? What is their end goal? What is the story about? What do I want people to take away from the story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that is going through my mind currently right now. Gotcha. So whenever I feel inspiration, that's when I I mean it could go, it could be anywhere from 3 months to finish the script to an hour. Uh last Friday I wrote 10 episodes of a scripted series nice. in one day. Now, th- it sounds like a talent. Is there something, is, is there something I don't look teachable at it, about that? I don't look at it that way because, again, there's people who go to school for creative writing. Yeah. I never did. So I look at it as um, passion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm a talented writer. People tell me I am, but I didn't study it. Um, I'm just going off what I feel. Yeah. So I don't want to be disrespectful and call myself a talented writer because I've never, I haven't done. You don't the know what the criteria steps. is. Yeah. yeah, I just go off what I feel. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a talented actor. That's one thing I will say. I've studied acting for 18 years, mm-hmm. yeah. so that's one thing I will say confidently that I'm great at. Okay. Um, writing is just what I feel. Yeah. Um, and because I've done things like Matters of the Heart, um, I know what it takes to put together a project. So I'm a little bit more. Uh, I'm a little bit more will I'm 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 more than likely going to work to be in control of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um because even before I did Matters of the Heart, I did the necess- I did the typical acting thing which is go to auditions. I mean, I auditioned for months for Straight Outta Compton. I it was out of me and maybe four other guys for the role of Easy E in Straight Outta Compton. Okay. Um which is a story I have never delved too deep into because there's like certain things I can't say. Yeah. But it was out of me, three other guys, and the guy who ended up getting Easy E. Yeah. For straight out of Compton. And there was other projects I auditioned for, like Empire and other things. And during those processes I learned that it's more valuable to be in control of what you do so, and make yourself known as opposed to just being the, be- yeah. the best actor well, in the room. Let me ask you that. this. So just a reassurance cuz I'm not in the acting space. I don't think I see that something I'm ever going to do. Um but the universe, you know how that works out. You never but know. You never know. So I never like stop myself, but my thing is I've always had the saying um even if it's hard, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it or I'm going to do it the right way. Right. Even if it's the harder way. So I feel like for you, you're kind of saying the same thing to me in your language as far as I want to do this, but I don't want to just be one of the many. Mm-hmm. I want to be somebody that, oh, that's Jay Will. I seen what he did this. He had this, 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 and da, da, da. And I really want to work with him. Yeah. Like, you want people to come and work with you versus you trying to seek out the work. Because um, we're in a day and age where people... I don't want to say that they don't respect mm-hmm. the way things used to be done, but it doesn't get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. No disrespect to anybody that's currently in an audition room right now. Yeah. But we're in a day and age where Hollywood is structured to where being the best actor in a room means nothing now. Mm-hmm. Who has the be- who has the who has the biggest audience? Who gotcha. has the most yeah. leverage? Who's somebody that I can bank on? Like because you know, movie going. How many people? 
Movies lose money every day because people would rather stay home and watch Netflix. Right. right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So a studio is less willing to bank on the best actor in the room more so than somebody that has a track record of making money. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? That makes, that makes sense. sense. So that's why it's kind of auditioning as an unknown is kind of a waste of time, which is why I choose not to do it anymore. But do you yeah. think it's a good for those that do choose to go that route that don't have the, I guess, the... I don't want to say intellect, but like the passion that you do about writing and making your own projects. Do you think that that's something that they should still do or something that you should? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's multiple ways to, to, to cook an egg. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My my way is good for me, but it may not be good for someone else. Gotcha. So I don't necessarily talk down on that. I'm just saying okay. I've chosen. That's not what works for me. Okay. Um. So, yeah, I um. The, I just learned I'd rather work smarter than harder. Absolutely. And I've learned that me being in control of what I do is more beneficial to me. Yeah. Which is a seven days a week. It's not easy out here in these streets. It's not. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it makes it hard when it comes to relationships and things of that nature. But, hey, mm-hmm. it's one of the sacrifices. That, I mean, it, it, even outside of that, that's very true uh, from a woman's side. Yeah, it's hard when you're driven. Man, the show been loaded with so yeah, yeah. many, I so many. I feel, like we're kind of, I feel like we're kind of all over the place too. Hopefully, yeah. I gave you guys good. <laughs> I know, man. This one's gonna be a dope one, man. But <laughs> if, if I may, man, I, I'd like to definitely have you drop a, a jewel for um, a young kid coming up, maybe in a small town, maybe don't know where they fit at, right? Or, you know, a young entrepreneur coming up that you know that's trying to figure it all out. If you got any jewels you want to drop to them, or? yeah. Um, this world is really good at making you feel like who you are isn't good enough. Right. Yeah. This world and everything around you is is very good at tearing you down and making you feel like you're weird or what you do is whack or what you do isn't good enough. And my response to that is they're right if you if you allow them to be right. Mm. I've been told many different things in my life. I've been told I I've been told that I'm not attractive enough to be a lead in a project. I've been told that I'm too short to do anything. I've well, been told that I I've been told a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And if I allow those things to be true, then they would be true. But mm-hmm. I chose right. not to listen to those things. Right. I chose to not allow those things to keep me from being where I want to be, uh, uh, to go where I want to go and be the person that I want to be. Mm-hmm. And so my jewel that I would drop is. There is such a thing as constructive criticism. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes people telling you that ain't it. They're right. They mm-hmm. actually have your best interests at heart. But at the end of the day, nothing should stop you from doing what you think is is is. If something wakes you up in the morning and that's what you live for every day, yeah. who am I or anyone else to tell you that you shouldn't do it? Right. Right. That's my jewel. Do life is too short for you to do things that don't make you happy. Yeah. And now be smart about it. Don't quit your job without a plan. Right. <laughs> I'm not saying like quit your job and go for it and not have a plan and then be like, Jay Will told me to follow my dream. Nah, nah, nah. Don't put that yeah. on me. <laughs> but, you know, life is too short to not be who you want to be. And life is too short to not go for what makes you happy. Absolutely. I, I am happy majority of the time not all the time yeah but majority of the time because i do what i want to do and i don't allow anyone to tell me what i shouldn't do Mm. because if i did i would still be in big spring texas (laughs) that's beautiful (laughs) and not to shit on big spring texas i love my hometown but there's (laughs) but there's more to life than that it's limiting absolutely 
Okay, you want to go next? Or you you got to go, go ahead. <sighs> I don't want to follow that. <laughs> that one's loaded right there. Okay, so I'm a, uh, again, I write my jewels and my irks when I'm feeling it. So, um, life has taught me to stop aspiring to sit at tables where I have to bring my own chair, squeeze in between people, and repeatedly convince others why I should be there. I learned to build a new table, and I hope you learn the same. How do I follow that? Like she's with some Maya Angelou. Yeah, right. <laughs> Still I rise, type. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> Let me cliff it up a second. Hold on. Man, so I, my Jew basically, man, is um, with dream chasing. Don't don't wait for somebody else to create your wave. You create your own wave. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If you don't feel you got enough followers or enough people supporting you, work harder and make mm-hmm. sure that you get your own people who who follow you or support you. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's just my wave right there. Mm-hmm. But hold on, I got another question, and this came to me late. I know we're supposed to be <laughs> yeah. wrapping it up. No, nah, you good, hey, you man, good. How much vagina did oh, Jeremy what? get you, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> did Jeremy get me? Yeah. What do you mean? The character. Was it any pity? Oh, that? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Um, I don't even want to know this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just tell you like this, man. Um, there's more than meets the eye. Uh, I'm very much uh, better in person. Yeah. So the people who it's to know, I, I live by the statement to know me is to love me. Yeah. It's very hard. Uh, it's very hard once you get to know me to not accept me or love me. This is very <laughs> true. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're uh, a likable person. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I hate, that's why I never hit on. I never DM girls. Like, yeah. like if I don't see you in person, it's not gonna happen because. If I DM, nine times out of ten, if there's a beautiful woman that I DM, there's probably hundreds of other men that have done the same thing. So how do I stand yeah, out? Big fact. Best way for me to stand out is to be to approach you in person. Yeah. Because apparently women, uh, apparently men are afraid to do that these days. That's what I heard. Oh my <laughs> god, I hate. Okay, pet peeve. This is another irk. I probably should say this for another show, but whatever. Another irk is guys who want me to follow them on Instagram instead of asking me outright for my number. You just sit here and talk to me for five minutes. You probably buy me a drink, but you want me to follow you on Instagram. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm gonna shoot, shoot these guys some bail. <laughs> There's a few women who are very skeptical of giving out their number that early, I and so they actually prefer yeah. to do guess, the follow first. I yeah. guess I'm. Un, I guess back you're then more we didn't old have. school. We didn't you're more have. old school when it comes to things we like that. We didn't have Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I, I but, there, but these newer these, these newer women would prefer to to for you to follow them before you get their number. You got to work to that. So that's probably what it is. Understood. But like I said, you Still know, uh, I will tell you this: uh, when we did the premiere for Matters of the Heart, we packed it out with like 300 people nice so uh it did make me look pretty good (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) so he wasn't dming but he was getting dms hey i'm just saying i feel you you know one thing about me is uh one thing that i pride myself on is uh i prefer there's certain like i'm like you guys i i'm i'm an open book Mm -hmm. you ask the right questions i'll tell you whatever you ask me yeah but i don't give that information out i'm the same way beforehand if you want to know something about me you can ask and i will tell you whatever you want you're not going to find it on social media people take that wrong when you say that but it's it's true if you ask me the right questions i'm gonna tell you everything you want to know but But let's be real i don't believe people actually care they don't what goes on with you if it doesn't benefit them exactly absolutely and i get told that i'm bitter for saying things like that but um i just understand that people if they can't benefit from something from you, they don't care. Yeah. So why would I voluntarily give you information about me? People yeah. um, tell me I've gotten DMs 
that you don't when you gonna post more pictures or you don't post enough pictures or you don't be online enough. Well, my thing is I prefer to know people in real life. Well, here's the thing. I don't care about what you have and what you, like, yeah, you got 17,000 followers or whatever the case, but, like, what does that benefit? Like, I don't I don't know. As a man, I, I think I know what, what happens here. Uh, for people who have probably never seen Young Oak Cliff, she's a very beautiful woman. Well, thank you. So there's probably men who are, like, wanting to see more of you. That's yeah. what it is. I take better selfies. I'm not very photogenic, guys. <laughs> Full disclosure. honestly, like, when I'm out and about, like, just talking about the show, plugging, there's so many questions I get about you. Like, <laughs> is she single? Do she like girls? Do she do, like so many things? So, well, you'll yeah. never know, guys. So, yeah, people, people are being interested. She in real life. <laughs> We're going to go have a live show eventually. Oh, for sure, for sure. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We got the legend, Jay Will, in Jay the building. Hey, You're used to hearing the legend oh, before. Do you <laughs> plugs? Um, you can follow me on all social media at Jay Will ETC. That is J A Y W I L E T C. Um, you will be able to find me posting about my podcast, Don't Take It Personal. You will see me in the next few months posting about my short films. And then you eventually will see me posting about being in all these festivals. I plan on submitting to about 40 different festivals. Okay. So I got a crazy festival run coming. Go and then eventually the, the short film Oscar, which is my 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 short my short term goal. So we will see, be seeing that as well. So follow my journey and see my greatness. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> got any plugs? Um, no, I, I think I did my plugs at the beginning with happy birthdays and all that good stuff. Uh, also, shout out uh, again, not to cut you off. No, you good. Uh, my boy Hollywood Cass. Hey. Piece of man Cass. Hey, boo. Hey, without him. <laughs> never seen your face, but I love you. Without him, don't take it personal, would not be what it is today. He um, talk a lot, but y'all like what he got to say. Yeah, no. He is definitely the heart and soul of the show. I am just a facilitator. <laughs> so, um, you know, check us out. Uh, we drop every Monday. We didn't drop this past Monday because, you know, things happen. Mm -hmm. Y'all can get over it. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> well, we'll be back this upcoming Monday. So I appreciate y'all all the support, and I appreciate you guys having me today, man. Okay. Oh no, man. No, hey, we appreciate you putting us into the schedule, man. You know, you're a busy yeah. guy. Yeah. But <laughs> definitely, you can follow us at uh, www.crownjewelspodcast.com. That's Crown with a K. Check out all our handles. Definitely uh, check out this show. It's going to be lit. Check out the previous shows. And definitely go over and show love to Don't Take It Personal Podcast. Man, this shit is hilarious over there. So mm -hmm. go ahead and check that out as well. Shout out to Wolf Nations for letting us come through the building and wreck it. We call it Crown Jewels during our hour. Hey. We did. But uh, we out this thing. Bye. Bye. <laughs>